Hey there, and welcome to the Just Keep Blogging podcast. I'm Kim Anderson from KimAndersonConsulting.com, and I'm here to give you a regular dose of blogging adrenaline. blogging is one of the coolest hobbies slash businesses that you can have. And I think one of the biggest struggles people have is feeling anchored to their content, being anchored to their audience, like just being anchored and knowing like, how do I go forward with this? And how do I stay focused um, and kind of pursue this without second guessing myself or feeling distracted or feeling pulled in a bunch of different directions. And so really today I want to talk about what I consider to be ways to anchor yourself, like blogging anchors, ways to keep yourself connected and focused to what you're creating um, with confidence. So as we go through this, you know, if this resonates with you, um, you know, I hope that you will find it really helpful and it will kind of give you yourself something to anchor as you're thinking about how you're going to go forward and make plans or write content or create products or whatever stage of blogging that you're in. Okay, so point number one I want to make is I think it's important that you write about what you know and don't worry if it's been said like a million times before. How are you going to say it your way? Because I think this is one of the biggest things that that I hear people say to me in many, many (laughs) parts of their journey is, hey, like, I have all these things I want to write about, but people have already said them like a million times. So it's pointless for me to write this article. I don't agree with that. Because I think that there is a way that you can say it. um, That is very true to you and true to the way that you view the world. And there's an audience out there who also views the world the way that you do. And so putting the content out there in your way and your words um, only has the opportunity to help somebody. And I can tell you as being a person who's been traditionally published and has been through that whole entire process, generally speaking, people aren't looking for something brand new, fringy, like that nobody, you know what I mean? Like, that's not kind of the way thing people are very comfortable with particular topics or like in marketing, if something works, it works, you know? And so feeling like, well, I've got to just come up with this brand spanking new idea every single post, that's exhausting. Um, Or your product has to be brand stinking new approach to everything. It's all about how do you say something in a new way? And that may come down to the way that you name your system. Um, It can be the verbiage that you use. It can be the title that you use. It can be whatever. Um, Obviously, I'm not saying copy anybody, but I'm just saying like if you've got ideas or ways that you do this, but in the back of your mind, you're like people have wrote about this before. There's no reason for me to take this because someone's already written about it. That's not necessarily the case. Like you shouldn't be encouraged to say this is my online magazine. This is my online platform. This is my online business. And I know about this, I have done this this way. And it's okay for me to write about that. And that can be very, very freeing for a lot of you guys to just be able to say like, it doesn't really matter if anybody's written about this before I can write it my way with my viewpoints, um, with my tips, and it can be helpful and effective for a lot of people. Point two is, I think that everyone as they're trying to, you know, 
find focus with their blog, that they should work on a tagline that lets their audience like really clearly and quickly understand who you are or what your blog is and what it's about. Um, Again, it comes back to really being about your audience. So your tagline should reflect like what, you know, what's in it for them. Um, I really like the whole story brand approach of clear over clever. Um, and that, that's good for sales pages. That's good for about me pages. Just, you've only got a few seconds really to reach people when they come to your website. And, you know, if you've got a tagline at the top of your page that is whimsical or, you know, clever, it may not be clear to people what your website is actually about. And I think usually when bloggers are struggling, I always say like, let's take a, like, let's make your tagline so that when you meet somebody and they ask you what your blog is about, you don't stumble around and be like, oh, it's just a mom blog about blah, blah, blah. Like you have a really confident answer. Um, And for me, taglines are one sentence. Usually Um, what goes on your website is even shorter. It could be like five or six words that sort of are taken out of the sentence that you create. But I always start with a sentence that says, you know, I help, I encourage, I inspire, I whatever, right? Blank. And that would be your target audience, whatever that audience is, to blank, whatever you want to help them do. And then if you can follow that with a so that uh, blank, like what, what are you hoping them and what's the transformation that you're hoping that they see? Um, And this was an exercise that... Uh, JJ from StoryBrand went through with me um, at the table one night and it was extremely helpful. And so I highly recommend that kind of template approach. And then once I've sort of created that tagline, then we're able to narrow that down a little bit and focus it. And then you walk away with really understanding what the website is about. So for me, you know, Thrifty Little Mom went through a whole process this year. That's my main blog. And I wanted to kind of niche down to party celebrations and gatherings. And so I had to think about, you know, a tagline that I really liked, that I felt like really encompassed what the blog was about. The tagline for Thrifty Little Mom now is creating party celebrations and gatherings that everyone loves. That's one sentence. It's easy to remember. You know, it fits on my header. And I think it very clearly communicates what my blog is about and what is in it for my readers, right? I want them to be able to create these things that not only they, but their guests or their guests of honor or whatever really love or enjoy and remember. So I did my best to make that clear. And by starting kind of there for myself as I went through the rebranding, not rebranding, but the niching down process, um, it gave me an anchor. I said, okay, this is the kind of stuff that I want to highlight on my blog to my best of my ability. And you can do that as well. Um, and it may not be something that you want to do up front. And I'm going to talk about that next. Um, I really think my next point is that when you're in the process of trying to figure out and anchor yourself and stay focused, I think that everybody needs to give themselves at least 30, 30 posts before they try to niche down or to like kind of figure out their niche. Because I think that that gives you an opportunity to write about the things that you're most passionate about, to write about what you know about, 
And then you can make really informed decisions about 30 posts in about like what you've written, how you feel about it. Because I think that if you do the other process where you feel like you've got to start off knowing exactly what everything's going to be about. Um, I think that a lot of people like, you know, they pick this, they pick all these things that are so specific and then they realize this isn't really what I love. And so I want you guys to give yourself that ability to do that before you feel the need to like significantly niche down. Now, some people are going to start off with a niche, like they already know what they want to do. Like you could be a woodworker. Um, you know, you could be a knitter, you could be a crocheter. So you may already kind of know what you're going to write about, but you still have to give yourself time to figure out like, well, what kinds of things do I want to write, write about when it comes to these topics? And what things am I actually passionate about? And what's my view on these things? What's my point of view on these things? You know, how do I communicate? all this stuff. So when it comes to creating the tagline, you may in fact want to give yourself at least 30 posts to explore what you're interested in, and then begin to narrow down and anchor yourself um, with the tagline and those ideas of like what it's going to be about. And oftentimes the tagline, you know, I've seen it become a, a source of like deciding on categories and things like that. So I want to note about categories as we're talking about writing 30 posts that you don't need to obsess about the categories, I think, until you have a good bit of content, like 25 to 30 posts. I mean, you can start categories whenever you want to, but they change so often and so many people move them around that, you know, as you write, you can just start to kind of figure out what you're passionate about and how all that stuff sort of is organized and, um, I think if you can kind of start with just focusing hard on just letting yourself create content with freedom over time, all the other stuff sort of follows because it gives you an opportunity to practice it, implement it, see what you like, see what you don't like. And then you can make more decisions about like what your branding looks like and what your categories are going to look like, um, what your tagline is going to be. And even if you've been in the game for a really long time, like maybe you look at your tagline and you're like, this just doesn't even make sense. Like I don't, you know what I mean? Like it makes you feel like I'm not really sure what I'm writing about. And sometimes I'm writing about this and I feel all over the place. And that can be the case a lot of times with lifestyle bloggers. Like you get to a point where you feel like, man, I'm just everywhere. And that can be okay if you enjoy that. But if it starts to cause you stress, then, you know, these are the kind of things that you can do to help yourself be more anchored and more focused and and have more clarity about what you're building in the long run. So the next thing that I would do if I were you to help keep you anchored is I would make a list of pain points that your audience struggles with. Um, You can get these lists and stuff in a lot of different ways. You know, maybe you send out like a survey and ask questions um, to your audience, or maybe you just know, and I'm going to talk more about this in an episode about really knowing your audience. Um, But I would keep a list of the pain points of the audience that you know they struggle with. I would also keep your avatar or audience overview handy. So if you don't know what this is, I like to make almost like a dream board or a... um, like a computer desktop image that lists out who I'm really writing to. Like, you know, are they a mom? You know, do they have kids? Like, you know, maybe they're, maybe they're a working mom. Maybe they're, you know, a single woman. Like it just depends on who you're writing to, but keeping kind of a list of those characteristics of that person, like what stage of life are they in? 
What are their biggest struggles? What are their biggest pain points? Kind of keeping that ever ready in front of you can really help you when you're going to write content to decide like, am I going to tackle this? And if so, does it help this audience member? Does it hit a pain point? Like, does it deal with something that they struggle with? Even if it's something lighthearted, like if you've got a DIY blog, again, it may be hard for you to be like, what is their pain point? But I mean, DIY, there's some level of like not wanting to spend a lot of money or just valuing doing things yourself or whatever those are. And those are the pain points that you take into consideration. Like, you know, why is it that they want to make things themselves? Like what value do they get out of that? And that is pain points. Um, Do they have time to do it? If they don't have time, how do you make time? How do you teach them to have time? There's so many different ways to approach it. And you can find pain points in just about every audience that you're trying to reach. You just have to think about it. Uh, I have another episode where I'm going to really dig into how to think about those things and figure them out and discover them. So one other thing I hear a lot from people is they struggle with really feeling like once they get in there, they actually have more than one audience, right? So it's like, well, I want to talk to these people, but I'm also talking to these people. And um, I think that's perfectly fine. You can have more than one audience. That's not a big deal. Uh, But if you're running into that as a struggle and you're feeling discombobulated because you feel like you have more than one avatar, there's different ways that you can kind of approach that, right? So I'm trying to think of a good example here. Um, so one person I really like to talk about is a lady named Kathy in our community who has um, a Chihuahua blog, basically, which is very niche. Um, and Kathy, you know, she was able to break her website down into puppies, adult dogs, and senior dogs. And she recognizes that she kind of has three different audience people based on, you know, what season of life they're in with their pets or their dogs um, all the time. And so with that information, she knows that she needs to write content for both puppies and for adult dogs and senior dogs because the pain points of those audiences are very different. And so that is a great example of somebody who has almost three different avatars. I've also seen people who have um, like homeschool blogs and what they find is that they have almost like maybe children's ministry workers, they have teachers and they have homeschool moms all coming. And so they have these three different audiences who have three different kinds of needs and three different kinds of pain points. And so they find ways to sort of support all three of those avatars on their website. So as you go through your journey, you may discover that you, in fact, do have more than one audience. And if you are asking yourself like, okay, well, that feels overwhelming to me (laughs) to have three different audiences, then you just need to take a step back and consider if you want to tackle, let's say you want to tackle one audience member at a time. So maybe you build out all the content for the one avatar. And once you've gotten, you know, a good bit of content for them, maybe you start working on the second avatar. Maybe. Um, let's say you have two avatars in mind, two ideal audience members. Um, you know, maybe every week you write one post for one and one post for the other person and you're able to, you know, segment those people inside of your email list based on the opt-in that you're offering and things like that. So when you're thinking of trying to keep yourself anchored and keep yourself focused and keep yourself connected, know that it is okay to have more than one audience if you're struggling with that. You just want to organize your blog in such a way that those two different people can find what they're looking for easily and that you feel comfortable, you know, writing to both of those audiences um, and that you want to write to both those audiences, like that you're jazzed about that and that you want to do that because not everybody does. (laughs) And so, you know, you are the person who runs your blog and you get to make those decisions. 
about what you're actually going to do and who you're going to focus on, even if other people do come to your blog. Um, last, I would say, I think you should limit the number of times that you visit branding reevaluations. So many people get super caught up in branding and redoing their about me page and redoing their categories and redoing their images and redoing their header, redoing their theme. And I'm, I'm being like overkill about this because I think it's one of the easiest procrastination projects. The redoing of all of these things, I think, makes people feel like, okay, well, if I do this, this is going to make me feel more anchored. And I get it. For some of you guys, maybe, you know, redoing the header helps you move forward, but you need to give yourself limits on the amount of time and energy that you spend in doing that. Because at the end of the day, people are coming to your website to read an article. And yes, you want your website to look good. You want to make it look like it's a modern website. I get all of that. But at the end of the day, like content is really, really, really important. And if you're trading, putting out content for getting your site perfected, I think you're really limiting yourself. So one way to keep yourself focused on what you should be doing um, and staying anchored is that I think that you should focus on your content until you can invest money in the look, if that makes sense. So focus on building out great content, give yourself some sort of, you know, give yourself some sort of milestone. So you say, when I get to this, I am going to pay a designer to come in and make a new site for me. Like that would be your reward to yourself. Or, you know, I, at that point will allow myself to do the rebrand that I want to do. Um, Because again, this is really about staying focused and staying anchored. And if you constantly are changing the look of your website, like I said, which is one of the biggest distractions I believe that there is, um, and one of the easiest ways to procrastinate, you just will not make forward progress because you'll be so concerned constantly about that. And that does not necessarily move the ball forward. At some point, it will be important. At some point, it will be something that makes you feel more anchored and more excited. But you have to give yourself some time Um, to figure out what you're about in the long run. And, you know, maybe you've been blogging for a long time and you're reevaluating what you're about. This is the same process, like really focusing on what you've already created, organizing it in a way that makes sense, using what you've got before you feel like you need to go on this mega, you know, reinvention project or something. Because for me, it came down to, let me find what I've already done let me optimize what I've already done and then let me make new stuff. Like that's the process that I'm in right now. And that's keeping me very focused and very connected. So this podcast episode is really geared towards anybody who's just feeling a little bit disconjointed or you're worried about being too broad or, you know, you're having these stumbling blocks of figuring out, you know, how do I stay anchored and continue to create content that's true to me and true to the brand that I'm building and true to the audience that I'm seeking. Um, And how does all that play out? So just to recap, I want to encourage you guys to write about what you know and don't worry if it's been said a million times before. You've got to say it your way. Eventually you need to work on a tagline that lets your audience remember, you know, what you're about, what's in it for them. Um, And pursuing clarity over cleverness is really, really important with that. I encourage you to give yourself at least 30 posts before you try to niche down. 
keep a list of the pain points of your audience handy. You know, keep the characteristics of your audience handy somewhere, like who they are, what stage of life they're in, all that kind of stuff. Don't obsess about your categories until, you know, you have enough content to really begin to organize stuff really well. Like, don't obsess over that or let that slow you down. Um, figure out if you've got more than one audience and work on organizing your site to help each type of audience if you do have more than one. Limit the number of times you visit branding reevaluations. Focus on content until you can invest money in the look and really get it to where you want it to be. What I'm really hoping these tips do for you is that they help you feel more anchored and more confident in pursuing the platform that you're building and that they keep you from getting distracted. They keep you from getting tripped up. They keep you from a paralysis of analysis and they help you just to keep blogging, to make the next best decision and to do what you need to do to move the ball forward.